It's time for the Lowell Green Show, originating live on BlastTheRadio.com. Ask your smart speaker to play Blast the Radio. Live video available on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Email Lowell at BlastTheRadio.com. The number to call or text is 613-413-2217. And now, telling it like it is, here's Lowell Green. Ah, thank you, John. Thank you. Um, John, are you familiar with the Bible at all? A little bit. St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians. Does that ring a bell with you? Uh, I think I had a good nap in church during that reading (laughs) once upon a time. No, not off the top of my head, Lowell. (laughs) Well, some of my listeners uh, will be familiar with that. Sure. Um, Actually, the ancient city of Ephesus that that he refers to the Ephesians came from Ephesus and the ancient city of Ephesus is a magnificent major tourist attraction and fun in fact one of the major tourist attractions in all of Asia Debbie and I were fortunate enough to be there several years ago now the reason that I I raise this is that one of the major attractions in this ancient city of Ephesus and by the way they're rebuilding the city it's just magnificent you may have seen some pictures. In fact, if you're, if you're interested, just Google sometime Ephesus, and you will see some. Mag- the, the, the job that they are doing there is incredible. But at any rate, let me get to the point. One of the major attractions, and one of the reasons there's a lot of tourist snickering, is a very large toilet. Uh, back on the farm, we called it backhouse. But in those days, the backhouses were really something. Because people, when they were doing their morning whatever, uh, would be entertained. There would be entertainers there in front of them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And one of those, and this is according to popular myth, and it's probably true, one of those who sat there and was entertained uh, several different ways, I guess, was the ancient emperor Nero. Now, Nero, uh, as all history records, was a pretty nasty guy, in fact, There's a myth, and probably not true, but nonetheless, I think it sort of portrays him as fiddling while Rome burned. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Now, the reason I raise this is, is that, as I point out, not only is the ancient city of Ephesus a great tourist attraction, something that the people in Asia and and Turkey actually should be very proud of, but the, uh, the, the backhouse, the outhouse, the toilet has really been spruced up and is a, one of the major attractions there. And my point here is, is that Nero was a very nasty guy. So this backhouse, this toilet, is a memento of a very nasty guy who did some pretty nasty things in that house. So my question is to the cancer or the uh, cancel culture that's out there, should this backhouse, this giant toilet be erased? It's a memento, after all, of a very, very bad guy. Just, just raise that. One of the major tourist attractions in Rome, of course, is the Colosseum. Everybody who goes to Rome wants to see the Colosseum. Well, the Colosseum, I have news for you, was built primarily, probably exclusively, by slaves. And the primary purpose was to feature some of those slaves doing unfair battle against lions. There was a lot of blood shed in the Colosseum. Is, uh, is there a movement to tear it down as a memento? as a relic of a terrible past? No. In fact, they continue to rebuild it and uh, continue to encourage tourists to visit it. 
the Egyptian pyramids. You don't think they were built by slaves over many, many years, probably over decades. Is there any movement to tear down the pyramids? In fact, like any attempt to tear down things like the Colosseum or the ancient city of Ephesus or the pyramids, you, you, anybody who, who tried to do that on the grounds that, well, this represents some terrible things, uh, would, be, would be classed as some sort of imbecile. I mean, the Taliban, as you recall, not that long ago, were going around tearing down all mementos of things that they didn't like. In the United States, the American city of Charleston. You ever been to Charleston, John? I have. Beautiful city. I, yes. It's one of my one of my favorite all-time American cities. Deep, deep, well, deep history there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you that um, in the center of the city of Charleston, is a very large building that the last time we were there housed several very delightful restaurants. Well, that building was the slave market. This is where slaves were bought and sold, in the heart of Charleston. Okay? Now, is there any movement to tear it down? This is a slave market. No, people go there to enjoy to relish, uh, they, most people understand, there's a, there's a large plaque there that points out what it was. Many people who go there, particularly tourists, will read it and get a better understanding. And you hear them say, oh, my God, this was a slave market. But is there any move to tear it down as a memento of terrible things? No, of course not. Major attraction in Virginia, I think it's in the state of Virginia, we were there, is the former home. Have you ever been to the, the former home of George Washington? I've not been to Virginia. The no. estate? No. And by the way, George is, is buried on that estate as well. It's, um, it's a major tourist attraction. He lived uh, pretty high off the hog, very clearly. And one of the reasons that old George lived pretty high off the hog, he owned a lot of slaves. He did. He was a major slave owner. That's how he made most of his money. Now, he also happens to be the first president of the United States. Uh, there's at least one city and, what, two states named after him? Uh, I just wonder, like, how long it's going to be before they're going to re-race the name of Washington. Much of the world is filled with mementos and relics of long ago and much different times. Relics, if you like, of a very different world. The cultures were different. They were. But only here in Canada, good old Canada, it seems, do we feel compelled to tear down, to destroy, to erase any vestige of those different times. Down come statues of our first prime minister, Sir John A. Macdonald. This is a sacrilege. We would not have Canada, certainly not the Canada that we know, were it not for Sir John A. Macdonald. I'll go through this again because very, very little, if any, history is ever being taught in our schools, and most people don't know this. But at the time, prior, just prior to Confederation, the majority of the population on the West Coast in what is now B.C. were Americans. They had come there uh, to mine for gold, etc., etc., and many had stayed. And uh, it was the, the, the population, actually the majority of the population, was American. And there was a great, and much of the media and many of the people in B.C. wanted to join the United States. And the United States wanted them very much, be a direct link, of course, with the mainland United States and Alaska. So there was great pressure in B.C. to join the United States. And they would have joined the United States, except some of the leaders of B.C. 
came to Canada, came to, um, don't forget, there was no way to get to BC from the rest of Canada. The only way you could go, I mean, you couldn't hike through the, uh, only the most intrepid could hike through those Rocky Mountains, right? There was no road, there was no path, there was no railroad. So if you wanted to get to the West Coast, you had to go down through the United States or maybe take a boat all the way around. That, that, so very clearly, the, the impetus was on B.C. to join the United States, and with good reason. It was all of the trade in B.C. at that time was with the United States. How the hell could you trade with the rest of Canada? You couldn't get your goods across the Rocky. So finally, the leaders of B.C., what is now B.C., came to Sir John A. Macdonald and said, listen, in all probability, the people here will vote to join the United States. The only way we can see our way around this is if you can build a railway or a, a highway or something so that we do have a link with Canada. We can't be Canadian if we have no link with Canada. So Sir John A., he had no idea where he was going to get the money or how he was going to do it. He promised. He said, I will. You stay, you stay in Canada and uh, you stay Canadian and we will build you that railway. And by God, he did. Now, today, of course, it would take, what, 7,000 years to build it. You'd have to fight every indigenous group, every, uh, every pipeline uh, opposition party, etc., etc. You'd never build it today. But in those days, they put it through. And it saved Canada. It, it, it helped to create Canada. Now, there are many other, other things that Sir John A. did. He's our first prime minister. But despite that, even, even in Kingston, which is where Sir John A. Uh, practiced law, and uh, and grew up for the most part, and lived for the most part, and they've taken his statue down. It's a tragedy, but just one example of the cancer culture. If people, some people, a very few people, small minority, see things. Oh, I don't like that. You know, you did this, you did that. Ryerson. Now, Ryerson, they say, was one of the architects of the residential schools. But the residential school. Let's be honest. The residential schools were were established with the best of intentions. To, to teach the, 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 the natives, all right? I mean, no, nobody nobody at that time, certainly not Ryerson or Sir John A. envisaged the situation where the children were being abused. And obviously some of them were, but I mean, you know, children were being abused in, in some of these white residential schools as well. Read the story of Mount Cashel. But I, I'm not trying to excuse it. What I am saying is, is that in addition to this, it is Ryerson who established Ontario's public school system. We are constantly told that Ontario's public school system is one of the finest in the world. Despite that, they're tearing down the statue of, of, of Ryerson. In fact, not just tearing it down. And that, what a tragic situation where some cowboy with a lasso, or a lasso and a pickup truck is allowed with, you know, with cheering people going around, throw his lasso around this statue and haul it to the ground to great applause and then chop its head off. This guy, Ryerson, is the founder of the Ontario public school system. I mean, it's, it's, it's mad. You almost wonder, like, I mean, are the Taliban loose in this country or what? Sir John A.'s name being wiped from schools, including here in Ottawa, and possibly now being removed from a major parkway in a city. Excuse me. Uh, one of the things, folks... That, that bothers me as much as anything about all of this is that all of these are works of art. Now, you may never have considered that a statue of work of art, but I, I challenge you to have a look at the National War Memorial and tell me that's not a work of art. Of course it's a work of art. 
And some of those statues are beautiful works of art. They were built, in many cases, by Canadians, for Canadians, owned by Canadians. I don't believe that anybody, government or individual or a guy with a lasso and a pickup truck, should have the right to destroy them, any more than you have the right to go into the Louvre and deface the Mona Lisa. They are works of art. And one of the best examples of this, and we're talking about the National War Memorial, the same man who designed and built the National War Memorial, beautiful work of art, designed and built one of the most magnificent statues, monuments, if you like, in all of Canada, and that's the monument to Samuel Champlain in Kuchiching Park in the middle of downtown Orillia. A magnificent statue. What I, I grew up as a little boy admiring that statue. There atop this huge column is, is Champlain himself in a flowing robe and his sword, and then all around beautifully done, larger-than-life-size uh, statues, monuments, if you like, of Hurons. And one of the reasons that's the Hurons is that, that Champlain spent a winter with the Hurons, had some wonderful stories to tell. There is also one of them that shows a, a priest in flowing robes lecturing to the Hurons. Well, somebody, I'm not sure who, uh, maybe more than one, came to the government and said, uh, we don't like the manner in which these Hurons are being portrayed. They should not be lower than, than Champlain. So you know what they did? And when I say they, you know who it was? It was the then heritage minister, Jolie. What's her name? Madeleine Jolie. The, the, the most incompetent, stumbling, bumbling, dare I, dare I say it, dumb cabinet ministers we have ever had. Madeleine Jolie tore it down. The whole thing. Debbie and I went about three years ago, and of course the first place I want to visit is I want to visit Kuchiching Park and see this magnificent statue. Take some pictures. I go there. There's nothing. Just a concrete base. Gone. A beautiful work of art. Excuse me. Destroyed. Now apparently they have brought part of the, of the monument back. Champlain apparently is all alone. All the rest of it is gone. I, I just don't think that anybody has the right. That's a beautiful work of art. It was for the, it's for the Canadian people and for anybody, government, as I say, or somebody with a lasso to tear that down. I think it's a sacrilege. I think it's a criminal act. Destroyed, defacing works of art, be they statues or, or paintings or whatever. You know, you know who they're attacking now? Statues and portraits of Winston Churchill. Do you know why? Because some people are saying, well, he's the guy that ordered the bombing of Nazi Germany. I mean, yes, tens of thousands, maybe millions of, of German civilians died during the bombing attacks. But, I mean, we, there was a time when, when we didn't know. If we, in fact, there was every evidence that the Nazis were going to beat us, that England, the U.K. stood all alone. And the only thing they could do, they couldn't launch a land attack. The only thing they could do was, was do what they did and bomb. And not only that, I mean, if you want to get a bit more history, the reason that we dropped the bombs that we did is that we were so deadly afraid that Stalin was finally going to give in and sign some peace agreement with Germany, and we would be sunk. So the only way we could do it, because we couldn't put land troops, is bomb. And that placated Stalin enough to keep them in the war, and we all know what happened. But nonetheless... So the, the man who engineered the bombing, Bomber Harris, he is now being defaced. He is now, his, his reputation is being dragged through the mud. And now it's Churchill. 
Uh, you know, it, it, it's just, I, I just, I don't understand this desire to tear down our history. And apparently people today feel that they, any individual, if you don't like something or you think you don't like it, or you want to signal to somebody how brave you are or how concerned you are about indigenous people or whomever, you can just go and tear it down. These are works of art. You're a freaking Taliban if you do that. You're no better than a, than a ignoramus, you know, somebody that, anyway. We have some uh, we have uh, some text, John. Yes, please. Yes, we do. And by the way, we invite your phone calls as well. 613-413-2217. When you post on Lowell's Facebook feed, uh, if I see it, I'll give it a like. That lets you know that it's on my list to try and get on the air to Lowell. Uh, we begin with Mike, who says, we need to learn from our mistakes, not tear them down. Terry says they vandalized Churchill statue in Edmonton. Uh, you were just talking about that moments ago. And says we now have an a la carte history. Pick and choose. Peter says, only in woke cultures, example USA, Canada, in the US, Trump passed a law protecting building statues, etc. Which level of government? If they want to tear down McDonald, then tear down Trudeau 1.01s and rename the airport in Montreal too. See how Justin likes that. Well, I- actually, can I <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mm-hmm. I'd like to comment on that. Of course. And sir, I'm not the only one who's, who's commented on this. The impetus now is to tear down statues of Ryerson, and Sir John A. But I want to point out that there were many Canadian prime ministers who followed uh, followed Sir John A. and knew very well about the residential school system. So uh, if you're, I don't understand why it's only Sir John A. Sir John A. could not have foreseen what happened. Very clearly, some of the prime ministers that followed, including particularly, by the way, Mackenzie King. They must have known some of these. They, by that time, they had some reports of some bad things happening at these residential schools. Did they take any action to shut them down? So if we're going to tear down the statue of Sir John A., my suggestion is we should have to tear down every statue of every prime minister we've had up until the days of, of, uh, of Harper. They all, they all were, were governing. They were all prime minister while these residential schools were still in effect. So tear them all down. And in fact, I mean, why don't we write all of Canada's history? Uh, I've got to get a word in here for Shields. I keep mentioning the fact that uh, we have only until the end of the month. There's a, a huge sale of Frigidaire. It's the 75th anniversary of Shields in Pakenham, Shields Appliances. And they struck a deal and a really good deal with Frigidaire. Some of the sale prices, when you examine them, and they're all there for you to see, are, are unbelievable. You can save up to $1,200 on Frigidaire purchases, for example. In addition to that, uh, if you want your dishwasher, for example, installed at the same time, they have trained the drivers. Now, the drivers can come. They will deliver your dishwasher and some other appliances. Not them all, but some. And uh, they, I don't think they can do electrical work, but they, they, they're trained so that they can certainly install your dishwasher. And uh, they can do it at the same time they deliver. So that's another feature of Shields. Great prices, good people, and they have the appliances and furniture in stock. Don't have to wait. Shields. Text. Yes, John. Sorry to keep you waiting there. No, that's boy. okay. It's your show. You do what you got to do. Uh, oh, I gotta, I'll, I'll just follow along. Uh, text number here, 613-413-2217. A texter says, could not agree with Lowell's sentiments more. We need Lowell as prime minister. Uh, Lori says, we have to stop this now or it will get worse. Joshua says, Lowell's slip earlier is poignant. Cancel culture is a cancer. 
Lisa says, people get butthurt over Pepe Le Pew, so this is not surprising. Cheryl adds, if we tear down history, we have no history. Andre says, it's funny how all these kids that grew up on South Park and other trashy series like that are now offended by everything. And an email from Lisa, by the way, the email address is lowell at blasttheradio.com. Lisa says, much of what we are seeing today with the destruction of public art and monuments, etc., is pure lawlessness. It may be a deeper problem of mental disorders bubbling into the surface once hidden from view. Dangerous in any event. Some of the comments coming your way today. Well, that's, that's, uh, thank you very much, Lisa. Certainly lawlessness. But I, I want to emphasize, because I don't think many people sort of continue statues and monuments as works of art. But I, I challenge you, I've got some very thoughtful people in the audience, I challenge you to once again re-examine the National War Memorial and tell me that's not, that's not a work of art. It's a magnificent work of art. It's one of the finest works of art in Canada. And I've got to tell you, some of these other statues are not far behind. Most definitely the statue of Champlain and Aurelia. I know I keep coming back to that. But there is an example. Magnificent. By the same architect that built the National War Memorial. So the, the, here, the, here is an iconic artist whose work in, in Aurelia has been destroyed. With no say, owned by Canadians, paid for by Canadians, designed for Canadians, about Canadians, and some obscure cabinet minister from freaking Montreal decides to tear it down. No, I have to ask you this. Statues, school names, roadways, street names, all gone, you know, they, you can't. What's next? Books? Oh, I'm sorry. They've already started books. You know what's next? I'll tell you what's next. Social media. That's already begun as well. We're going to cut out, or at least they're going to try, cut out what they don't like on social media as well. They the, the scrap the monuments, the statues, the paintings, and now they're going to scrap some of what you want to say. Bill C-10, it's called. On a on a different issue, if you have any more text there, just let me know, John. We do. we got a couple, if you want to just wrap it up nicely Fire. here. Uh, from Barry, who, of course, uh, will get upset if we don't read his comments. So, Barry, hello to you. Uh, Lowell, there were a large group of cancel culture pioneers 100 years ago in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when all the holy white population burnt down Greenwood, which was a black community neighborhood in Tulsa, and murdered a large number of black people and got away with it. Doesn't sound any different than our residential schools. And finally, Peter says, yes, the one in Ottawa, the war memorial here is amazing. Yeah, it's a work of art. And, and, you know, if we started thinking of them in those terms, we would, what would we think if someone went into the National Gallery and began to deface some of the, uh, the portraits there, some of the pictures that you found offensive? There are some portraits there that paint a very unpleasant time. Should people just be allowed to go in and throw paint on them and deface them? What would happen? Uh, on a different issue here, I have to deal with this. I, I cannot believe that the Ottawa Public School Board has bowed to the demands of a tiny little very vocal minority who, let's, let's face it, just simply do not understand Canadian culture. They have pulled the police out of Ottawa public schools. And one of the main reasons they're doing this is they say, well, some of these kids feel uncomfortable with police in the school. And as you know, folks, we cannot allow children today to feel uncomfortable. Thus, we cannot allow them to lose a soccer game so we don't keep score, etc., etc. 
we cannot use teachers yeah cannot use red red ink to mark up an exam because it it might make the students feel uncomfortable oh my god she's she's circled my my word here with a red can't do that can't make them uncomfortable but you know what if the if in fact if it's true and sometimes i wonder if kids are really uncomfortable because the cops are there that that's all the more reason for the cops to stay there some of the i understand some of these children may have come from cultures where the police are are the enemy where you should fear the police but not in canada certainly not especially trained police we have in our schools if kids are uncomfortable or feel afraid of police what better way for them is to see the police work with the police interact with the police in the school and if they have a problem if somebody's bullying them they have someone to go to the police it's to me it is absolutely the wrong decision but here we go again in this country tear down statues deface portraits because a few people are offended how many god knows maybe half a dozen maybe less let's remove the police from the from the schools because how many people are offended oh god knows maybe 10 out of a population of a million why do we kiss the ass of small tiny minorities who simply in many cases do not understand canada's culture or even more probable and this by the way includes native canadians don't like canadian culture you know what if if you don't like canadian or don't understand our culture then try you know learn our culture you live in canada now this is canada do what we do here and one of the things we do in canada is we have police in the schools to help you to show the students young people that police are your friend john we've got some more uh, emails coming in we there. do but i've got a question on that because yep. w- when i was in school there were not police in the schools we had a, a police officer would show up every couple of months and do a speech and hey we're your friend and if you see us on the street you know you can ask us for help why are police in schools now what is the purpose you started touching on that but you've got grandkids so if, uh, you're, you're a little closer yeah to it's part of the it's part of the whole culture of so-called community policing okay some time ago and i'm not sure if it's entirely correct some time ago uh, they decided that uh, that maybe some of the best policing should be done in in com- to work with communities to play basketball with the kids and and you know etc etc rather than just pound the beat and uh, in some cases it's worked in some cases not so well but uh, i i think that's part of no there's another problem and I hope that this is not one of the reasons why some people don't want the cops there. There's drugs in our schools. And I just hope that it's the kids who've got something in their locker that should not be there that that are forcing this new policy upon us. There are drugs in our schools. I'm sorry. And our high schools, lots of drugs, okay? I know this for a fact. There always have. There always have been though. Yeah. Well, I'm not I don't think to the same degree. I, I mean, when uh, I went to high school, when fair. I went to high school, there were no drugs in my high school. Sorry. No, um, and even when I went to college in McDonald, there were no drugs there. Certainly none that I was aware of. But um, I'm not suggesting that we were totally innocent. We were not. But it's a, it's a changing culture. But what I'm saying is is that maybe the police shouldn't be there. But what I object to is the fact that we are we are caving in to a small, very small minority. And the idea that we shouldn't have police there because it makes some uncomfortable. Hey, listen. Do you really think kids? when they grow a little bit older and get out of the real world they're not going to have some uncomfortable situations come on 
Life is uncomfortable. Yes, John, go ahead, please. All right, some of the comments coming in. Uh, a lot of these kids are little thugs in training. That's why they don't want police in schools. Another comment says, and shootings are becoming more common. We need them around the kids. But did you see this in Toronto? What, three children? Oh. Included? What, a baby with a, a one-year-old birthday head? party. Jesus, Murphy. Okay, go ahead. More, uh, more text? Yep, Cheryl says, we have no rights as Canadians. We can't say anything. I think it's probably more the adults that are uncomfortable. Children should be taught the police are not their enemy. True. Glenn says, time for people to say what they mean and stop hiding everything in innuendos. We do have a call is- coming in. If you want to go to the call now, we can do that. Uh, yes, okay, sure. Yeah, not sure who's on the line, but go ahead. You are live with Lowell Green. Go ahead, please. Hi, Lowell. It's Jace. Yes. Hi, Jace. So here's a question. Sure. Uh, we, you said that the indigenous people should learn Canadian culture. Is that correct? No, I didn't say that. I, I, I wasn't talking about indigenous people. Okay. We were saying other people that don't feel comfortable with I don't think it's our a, Canadian culture I, I think, should learn. Yeah, that's right. I, I, and I think that, and, that primarily are, uh, when I said native, I meant, I meant Canadians. I didn't mean indigenous people. Okay. 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 Is it, yeah. I was looking for clarification there. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I've got a, another question for you, Lowell. Sure. What should we do to apologize to those people that we have, that we as a society, as a Canadian society, and I know you say we're not part of that because that was 150 years ago, but we are part of that because we are still living on land. Oh, Jace, you know what? It's time to get off this, Jace. So, I'm getting no, no. tired of this. You know what? You, you know what? Oh, hell, I mean, you know what? There are many other you things going up. on. Okay. You know what? We made you a mistake. But Sir Johnny McDonald and his statue. Oh, to hell with it. So you know what, what should we do I've with the statue? Enough. Most people what have had enough. What should we do with the Jace? statue, Lowell? Sorry. Sorry, Simple. Jace. Answer the I'm question. Why should we apologize? Answer the question, sir. Keep going. What should we do? What should we do? What should we do? You know what we should do? I've already said this. Install install some water on the native reserves and make it possible for these people to have a little bit of hope. It, you know what? We've got to deal with this realistically. It may very well be that it's just impossible to live a normal, decent life in some of these remote, isolated communities. There, I've said it. You can take you can take it and smoke it, do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something, Jason. There are many, there are many, many people, native people. In fact, the majority in this country who do very, very well. I, I, I think of the uh, of the Mohawks, for example, at uh, the reserve just south of Montreal. That they're doing very. They they built the Empire State Building. Some of these people do extremely well. All right. So it's not all indigenous people who are suffering here. Some do very it's not very all well. indigenous people. It's all, not all indigenous people, but there are certain groups. Yeah, but, but, but Jace, them. come on. You know what? What, what? what hope, what chance do they have living in a remote native community with no opportunity for work, probably very very poor schooling, etc., no road even in? What chance do they have? Why do we continue to do that? Why not? Well, be, well what, why not? Because it's their it doesn't land. It's work. Their land. If they want to live there, then they should be allowed to live but there. But you know what? What but are you, you going to tell me? Can't? But, but but people like you pretend that they can live their native. They're not living the native way. They're not living off the land anymore. It used to be when they were in those far northern communities that they lived off the land. They don't live off the land. If they want to live, if they want to live as they did, give up your rifles, give up your snowmobiles. You know, give up your electricity, give up your satellite, give up your television, because that's the way they used to live. But nobody wants to live like. 
like that anymore. Do they? So then, so then maybe we should live off. Uh, we should leave the land that we occupied that they were on before they went up north. Because a lot of these people did disappear into the hinterlands because we no, but, occupied but you see, the territory you see, that they were living on. But just a minute, Jace. You see, you you refuse. You're so typical. You refuse to no, deal with I'm not. the problem. You are the the fact of the matter is that some of those res, some of those far northern reserves isolated the children there do not stand a chance. I Lowell Green say, give them a chance. Jay says no, let them stay there. That's I where say you give are. Them the That's choice. where I am. Pardon? Give them the, the children, choice. What, cho- what choice do the children have? Do you think the children, eight and nine and ten and eleven year old kids who are sniffing gasoline we, up in some nerve, do you think they have any choice? They don't have a we choice. As a and nation, we as a nation can support these people and give them some opportunities while they're how? there. How are and you going to give them opportunities? And if they, as an adult, decide that they want to move further south and take up residence in Ma- in Winnipeg or Toronto or Ottawa or wherever the heck they want to go, that's their choice at that point. Okay. You're, but you're, at you're least heart- let's support these totally people. Heartless. I agree with you about the water. I agree with you about the water. Case, I agree with case. you about supporting these people. But we case. need to... We need to we need to do more, Lowell. And you're just yeah. like saying, oh, yeah, well, we can't do anything, but we shouldn't do anything. We shouldn't, we, we shouldn't discuss Jace. anything about Sir Johnny McDonald. Is that what you're telling me? Jace. We shouldn't do anything. Jace, you've, you've really, you know what, you've had your say, sir. I say give young people in the Northern Reserves a chance. Jace, the great hero of the NATO, say don't give them a chance. That's not what I said at all. Yeah, That's not what I said. Of course it is. At all. You know what, Jay, I'm, I, no, Jace? No, Jace, I'm no, gone. You're I'm trying. saying support them while they're Jace, there. Jace, you're over. I'm sorry. I'm going. I'm going. I had enough. <laughs> you know, I've had enough. I had enough. You know what? I, I've just, there, there's a, there is a limit, okay? There is a limit. There's other things going on in this country other than the than native problems. Yes, there are. But we refuse to deal with the real problem. I've already dealt with it. Oh, man. Why do I do this program? Beats the hell out of me. Centennial Glass. Now, there's somebody that faces reality on a daily basis. They know that in order to continue to do business in a community like Ottawa, you have got to be good, and they are. Wonderful products, wonderful workmanship. They claim, and I believe them, the best warranty in the business. They warranty everything that they do. If it's glass of any kind, windows, doors, beautiful custom-made furniture, Centennial Glass, Industrial Avenue here in Ottawa and in Renfrew. Okay, I'm going to take uh, take a breather here, folks. Thank you all. Um, I suppose Jason and I will go at it again in another couple of days. Probably, yeah. I, I just don't understand how people can, can allow, you know, you say, well, give them a choice. Children in particular don't have a choice up there. They don't have a choice. That's why they're, and the suicide rates are skyrocketing. They don't have a choice. We've got to face it, folks. Thank you. We'll be back. Lowell Green, live on BlastTheRadio.com. Show info and links at BlastTheRadio.com slash Lowell Green. Can't join us live? Subscribe to the Lowell Green podcast. Available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Or ask your smart speaker to play the Lowell Green podcast. Join us live weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on BlastTheRadio.com.